Hi everyone, happy Valentine's Day. Welcome to How to Live, a podcast that explores ways to live a good life. I'm your host Sharad Lal. This is episode 35. Today on Valentine's Day, why not add some spark to your marriage or relationship? Are you thinking an exclusive fancy dinner, an expensive gift, or maybe even whisking your partner away to Maldives? Surely these grand gestures will blow your partner away. But you know what? It's not grand gestures that create a happy marriage. Instead, it's the small things we do daily. That's the conclusion the best in the world, Julie and John Gottman came to after studying thousands of couples in multiple settings across 40 years. For those who don't know, the Gottmans are the leading, most respected and probably the best recognized therapists in the world. They changed the game in relationship therapy by bringing in data. They put cameras in couples houses, set up facilities like the Love Lab in Seattle, and coded hours and hours of couples interaction to figure out what makes couples stick. What's the difference between happy and unhappy couples? With all this data, they've written multiple books, set up an institute, and put out content on practical ways to deepen a relationship. One of the cool things they can do which freaks people out is predict in a 15-minute interaction whether a couple will divorce or not just by looking at them and they're right 90% of the time. The latest book brings together all these four decades of learning and distills it into seven simple principles that can bring back romance into a relationship. In today's episode, we'll deep dive into these seven simple principles. Think of this episode as cliff notes to their latest book. At the end, we'll also throw in the four tell signs of a marriage headed for divorce. But before you get ready to get your relationship back on track, thank you very much for supporting the podcast. Please continue to send us questions, comments, suggestions for future episodes. We'd love to hear from you. Do consider following us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you're listening to this. If you love this show, please do rate us. Thank you in advance. Now back to the episode. You're hanging with your partner in the living room. He's on his Kindle. You're reading a magazine. Kids are asleep. It's a lovely time in the day where you guys get to unwind. Your partner suddenly lights up, looks at you, reads aloud this interesting quote you might like. You're in the middle of your magazine article. You think, why is he bothering me? We just finished with the kids and work. Why can't he give me ten minutes of peace? You ignore him. He seems a little upset but carries on. Later both of you go to bed, carry on with life. What just happened? Nothing much, right? But the Gottmans vehemently disagree. Based on their research, this is the single biggest predictor of happiness among couples. But what is this? They call this bid for connection. One partner reaching out to the other to connect. When this happens, you can do one of three things. turn towards your partner oh wow what a great coat turn away simply ignore that's what happened earlier or turn against let me repeat this simple act of turning towards your partner is the biggest predictor of happiness in marriage divorced couples turn towards their partners only 33% of the time married couples turn towards their partner 86% of the time things like these noodles are tasty it's quite cold today all these bids are not really about the weather or the food 
It's about connecting with one's partner, having a shared moment, building a friendship because the starting point of any relationship is friendship. One might have 10 to 15 bits for connection every day. These are small things that keep coming up. Turning towards your partner during this time makes a huge difference. Now some of you may be thinking, sometimes I don't have the energy to interact. That's a fair concern. We all live busy lives. In those circumstances, here's how you can turn towards and not engage too much. We can say, I'd love to know, but I'm in the middle of this exciting book. Can you tell me please later? That's a plus one on turning towards and adds up to a happy relationship. So that's the first principle. Turn towards bits of connection daily as often as you can. If the first principle is about connecting, the second is about depth. At the start of romance, many of us have deep meaningful conversations with our partners. We talk our dreams, our world views, what's important to us. If you're a coach, you might even discuss values and life purpose and patterns and all that kind of stuff. Most of us build a deep bond at the start. With time, these conversations die out and we start talking transactional stuff. Will you pick up the kids? Can you add this to the grocery order? Do we have wine to take to our friend's house tonight? Why does this happen? Of course we live busy lives, there's a lot to be done, but there's another reason. We think after a period of time, we know all the deep stuff there is to know about our partner. So there's no point talking this again. Why ask these deep questions when we already know the answers? But here's the interesting insight. Everyone's constantly changing. Our partner today is very different to who we met many many years ago. Maybe now they have a secret longing. What drives them could have changed. Everyone's inner world keeps evolving. Cotman's refer to the knowledge of each other's inner worlds as the love map. Being curious about our partner's love map helps us understand who they are today and deepens our bond. So how do we figure out our partner's love map? It's by asking big questions. big open-ended questions like what's your life dream right now what are some unfulfilled things in your life what legacy do you want the kids to take from your family even if you're caught up with too many things we can break the transaction flow by simple big questions like what's on your mind today and what's in your heart today the biggest conflicts are not mundane things instead it's the big stuff These big questions help us understand our partner's love map and strengthen our relationship. So that's the second principle. Ask the big question. As we move to the third principle, here's a question for you. The first thing to die in a relationship is dash. What is dash? The answer is politeness. According to Gottman's, we all start off with thank yous, sorries and please, but it's the first to fall off. Along with that, we stop being nice to our partner. This is when the relationship turns sour. In researching the difference between happy and unhappy couples, the Gottmans found something interesting. They thought happy couples would be nicer and kinder to each other, but that wasn't the case. They found that even unhappy couples were nice to each other, but there was a big difference. Unhappy couples didn't notice their partner being nice to them. They didn't notice that their partner left the best piece of meat for them, cleaned the room after them, stocked the fridge with their favorite ice cream. 
whereas happy couples noticed and appreciated the small things their partners did. Isn't that amazing? Almost all couples are nice to each other, but the ones that notice are happy and the ones that don't are unhappy. There's a reason we don't notice the good stuff. Our brains are wired to look for the negative. That's how we evolved as a species to stay away from danger and keep safe. The good news is that brains are neuroplastic. That means the brain is malleable and can change. So if we make a deliberate, conscious, concerted effort to scan for positive things instead, we'll start seeing them. And once we start looking for them, we'll notice them everywhere. Through this, we will truly appreciate what our partner is doing for us and say heartfelt thank yous. So that's the third principle. Notice the nice things and say thank you. The fourth principle is admire your partner. The Gottmans ran a two-day workshop. On day one, they got couples to focus on friendship and intimacy. On day two, they got couples to focus on conflict, talking through difficult issues. As one would think, the couples that attended both the days fared the best. Surprisingly though, the ones who only attended day one, the friendship and intimacy, actually fared almost as good as the couples who went for both days. And the couples that only went for the conflict workshop fared the worst. They were even worse off than before. Every relationship has conflict. Majority of problems are perpetual problems. These are not solvable. So instead of focusing on these, couples who take time to admire their partners do better. And by admiring, it's appreciating them for not what they do, but who they are. And admiration isn't something that just happens. We need to actively do it. We need to actively say those things to our partner. If you find it difficult to admire your partner, a good exercise is to think back on why you fell in love. Immerse yourself in that time. What did you see in your partner? This exercise might help you figure out why you really admire your partner. In terms of admiring your partner and being good to your partner, as you would imagine, the Gottmans have data on this. In happy relationships, the ratio of positive interactions to negative interactions is 5 to 1. So for every negative interaction, we need 5 positive interactions. And this is during conflict. If this sounds high, wait till you hear the ratio during normal times. 20 to 1. So to keep a relationship happy during normal times, we need 20 positive interactions for every negative interaction. That sounds a lot, right? But in reality, these are again small things we do every day. Smiling at our partner, complimenting them, sharing a joke, just small, small positive things through the day. This builds fondness and friendship, which is the key to happiness. So that's the fourth principle, pay genuine compliments. And we can do this once we admire our partner. In movies, the romantic protagonist knows exactly what the partner needs without being asked and seamlessly does these surprising acts to perfection. Maybe because of this, asking for what one needs seems so unromantic. But imagine the pressure this puts on our partner. We are changing, our needs are changing, we barely know our needs, so what chance do our partners have? When we don't ask for what we need, we get resentful when our needs are not met and blame our partner. Or even worse, 
we ask for our needs in the unhealthiest of ways we frame them by criticizing our partner so we might say i don't get to watch what i want to instead of this if we focus on our needs we could say darling i've had a tough day today i need to unwind can we watch reruns of big bang theory today sometimes asking what we need feels selfish but our partner will be happy to give up tv rights for the night versus taking our anger at a deeper level not asking for what one needs is to do with self worth we feel we're not worthy of our needs for more on asking for our needs you can listen to episode 17 on intimate relationships with dr oberdon marianetti the sixth principle is touch we all know instinctively touching our partner feels good whether it's holding hands kissing cuddling there's signs to back this up as well when we touch someone it releases oxytocin the molecule that gives us the warm fuzzy feeling touching signals trust and safety the other added benefit of touch is that it's directly correlated to sex life going up and hugging your partner for no reason holding hands maybe giving a massage all this leads to a happier relationship the gottman suggests hugging your partner for at least 20 seconds every day and kissing for 6 seconds moving on to the last principle how much quality time should we be spending with our partner again as you would imagine the gottmans have a number to this the golden number is 5 hours a week 5 hours a week of quality time with your partner leads to happiness this could be taking a walk with your partner playing a game or what the gottmans recommend for all of us to do declare a date night put it in your calendar prioritize it above everything else the advantages are huge sometimes when we do our first date night after a long time we don't know what to talk about so we end up on our phones or maybe go back to talking logistics again a great way to think about date nights is that it's an opportunity to expand our love maps by asking our partner open ended questions what's on your mind what are you happy about nowadays what are you longing for a good date night can help cover half of the 5 hours of quality time that we need that's the seventh principle declare a date night as you would have noticed all these seven principles are not big major things to do instead there's small things that we can do every day as part of living which can deeply enhance our relationships as the gottmans like saying love is a verb more than a feeling it's action before we go to the action steps now as promised here are the four sure signs that your marriage is headed to divorce criticism contempt defensiveness and stonewalling of them contempt is the number one predictor of divorce again this is all based on data that the gottmans have dug out if you'd like you can read about them they have a special book on this as well as an action step you could consider taking one prescription a day for 7 days i think that's how it was envisioned if not you could pick up a few of these that resonate with you and start using them in your relationship you can even get your spouse or partner to listen to this podcast episode that way both of you can agree on a few principles that you could together start using over the next few days so here summarizing them one turn towards bids for connection two ask a big question three notice the nice things and say thank you four 
Appreciation over conflict. 5. Ask for what you need. 6. Touch as often as possible. 7. Declare a date night. Best of luck as you rekindle your relationship. Enjoy Valentine's Day. The next episode will be out two weeks from now on February 28th. We will be talking about the Japanese way of living, wabi-sabi, with Japanologist and best-selling author Beth Kempton. Do join us for that. Till next time, bye-bye.